So today, we're lucky enough to have two dino experts to help us make sense of all the awesome new dinosaurs recently brought to life in the new Jurassic World Dominion movie. Do you think it could be trained to play fetch? Give it a little thrust and then pull its wings out. It'd probably be like trying to play fetch with an ostrich. <laughs> Foreman gets eaten. Yeah. Probably it could move pretty fast. So once they're slicing at predators, they would just do dog-sized tyrannosaurus would grow into yeah, such they... large bone-crunching monsters. Like, that's what happened. What did you both think about the new movie? And we are doing spoilers, so feel free to talk about anything you want. Well, since I'm a dinosaur expert, I definitely give it five stars. It was okay. a sensational movie and a great trilogy, bringing back the legendary characters and combining it with the Jurassic World characters. Okay, showing... so you liked seeing Owen and yeah, everyone seeing come back? Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant was my favorite character in Jurassic Park, and it was great to see that he's still doing paleontology digs and that Dr. Ellie Sattler is still doing paleobotany. Remember he had to hide that photo yeah. of her. He yeah, still has a crush yeah. on her after all these years. Well, yeah, Move that's on, from Grant, that's, that's, you know? right. that's from 1993, <laughs> and it brings back memories when they were digging together. But yeah. ever since she got engaged with this man named Mark, she's he's just been doing continuing work. Yeah, and he What's was a Mark nice guy. Up to at this point? Yeah, you no, need to have like a little side movie that's just <laughs> him. He's got a TV series <laughs> yeah. coming out. They're going to cover that whole yeah. drama. But the whole I guess extended universe, the yeah. multiverse of Jurassic. So what's your opinion about Colin Trevorrow, I think, is the director's yeah. name? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he came is. back. He didn't do the... He, I don't think he did the second Jurassic World movie, right? Yeah, he didn't do the second Jurassic World movie. He only did oh, the first yeah. one. Yeah, the second Jurassic World movie was J.A. Bayona. He directed the second movie. But then now Colin Trevorrow came back for this third one. And he did a great job, too. Yeah, and you said you were able to see it early on Tuesday. Yeah, I saw That's it on awesome. Tuesday at Red Rock. What was the audience like? Were they it cheering was packed. And stuff? Yes, we were cheering and doing a lot of laughing because Dr. Ian Malcolm was being too hilarious of a comedian <laughs> because, well, Jeff Goldblum is a comedian, so that's what he does. He tries to make people laugh. So yeah. we've been doing a lot of laughing, be all mostly because of Ian Malcolm. He was being too what much of a What do you remember? When was the crowd the loudest? The crowd the loudest? Was it when the Giganotosaurus showed up for the first time or was it the, when the two characters from the old movie came back? Pretty much the old characters came back. We did a lot of clapping yeah. and stuff. And we also did a lot of clapping at the final battle, the theropod battle, with Therizinosaurus, <laughs> Giganotosaurus, and Tyrannosaurus, because that was pretty dressed awesome. dressed up? Dinosaur shirts everywhere? <laughs> yeah, there were some a lot of shirts. I saw some Jurassic Park and Jurassic World shirts. I was wearing my Giganotosaurus shirt because that was the animal I was most excited for. I could have <laughs> worn my Allosaurus gear because that's, that's favorite. my favorite. Yeah. But I was excited to see the Giganotosaurus because... That's the because, hardest part is you can only wear one shirt. Yeah, yeah and it was it's an amazing <laughs> animal, and Carcharodontosaurus are one of my favorite therapons to study so i decided to wear my giganotosaurus data sheet shirt oh and yeah so yeah i but i did wear my allosaurus tooth necklace of course okay because good. So you got I, some... I wear that all the time <laughs> what i was just surprised is that there were so many people there wanting to see the premiere oh man it's epic 30 years in the yeah. making i'm not oh. surprised the whole <laughs> yeah. world should shut down as far <laughs> as i'm concerned well yeah so that was a little bit surprising <laughs> it was a full theater and pretty much all the seats were packed you know, I movie. liked it. If you have dinosaurs on screen, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, something I really liked about this one that they, I critiqued in the older Jurassic Worlds is they got rid of those hybrids. Um, you know, I liked that they showed the dinosaurs a as animals. I felt they'd gotten away from that a little bit. Right. So it was nice to see them just back acting like, you know. Yeah, as animals, but not them monsters. As animals, yeah. So how, like, what's your rating? How would you rank it compared to the other movies? Nothing's going to touch the first Jurassic Park. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's, that's always going to be your classic. Above and beyond, I think. Everything else is going to be a little bit of an imitation of that one. But it was fun. It was a fun movie. Why do you think the first one worked so well? And they have, like, always kind of lived in that shadow. Because 
just seeing dinosaurs on screen for the first time, you're never going to be able to recreate that yeah. again. That first, you know, I mean, the first time you see that movie, I, even if you're a kid today and you see it, getting to see real quote unquote dinosaurs on screen is always going to have an yeah, impact on it, you. I feel like they tried in the new movie to sometimes mimic some of it, like the scene where they were like going through the dark corridors to turn the power on. They had to like go through the bugs to turn the power on again and talk through the radio and be like it's the third button down you know yeah like, mm -hmm. i was like this is interesting like there's a lot of these similar references yes. to the first movie yeah, yeah they're trying to create a similar environment so. yeah <laughs> and one of the things i think that works about jurassic park the first one is it's in a way a really small movie you know it's just all enclosed on that island there it's mm. in the one park so everything's connected everything has an impact on each other do you wish they would have brought back Tim and Lex? Were you sad that they weren't in the movie? Um, a little well, I bit. I forgot about them. A little bit. Yeah, so they're John Hammond's <laughs> grandchildren. Yeah. But uh, Ariana Richards, who played Lex Murphy, retired from acting. She's more interested in art now. Oh. So mm -hmm. since she had a, they has a different... They wouldn't, you don't think they could have talked her into it? With a big I, enough I paycheck? She would have, if they, you know... <laughs> maybe, maybe if she was really interested I'm in I'm an artist, not back. an actor. Now you're like, right. come on. <laughs> yeah, the whole world she, wants you Maybe she would have came back if she became interested but she just was more interested in art and that's our new passion now what do you um wish you would have seen the camp cretaceous characters in real life do you wish they would have brought in i think i would like that kenji and, kenji uh, darius brooklyn yasmina sammy like, do you think they should ben? have cast five humans and at least had the rock camp cretaceous? them into it yeah that would be nice because my favorite character in camp cretaceous is darius because he's a dino nerd yeah Though i don't want to brag i don't think he knows as much as me but <laughs> he was pretty good pretty yeah, cool character you remind me of him with his knowledge of the animals he has a really right? good chance on surviving kind of like dr grant but yeah it would be nice to have kids be in this to recreate those characters and put them in, in yeah because in camp cretaceous they brought in like dr Wu and stuff dr. they made Henry them Wu. animated yeah. so like why not bring those kids into the into big real life because yeah. people would have applauded if they all of a sudden like showed camp cretaceous like if some if you yeah. would have seen someone run up and say, hey, I'm Kenji, you would have been like, oh, dang, you know? Yeah, that is if people watch Netflix. They're like, I'm Brooklyn. Or if just like Brooklyn's like grabbed a phone and like posted on social media or something. Mm, yeah, since she always goes on her phone all the time. Yeah. What do you think about the fan theory that there was one of the Ankylosaurus we saw was Bumpy from... From Camp Cretaceous. Do you feel like that was accurate? I don't know if I noticed that. I mean, Bumpy the Ankylosaurus has like a turquoise color with some yellow and that large head spike on her skull. I don't okay, know. Okay, so if you I don't think that. she showed up in the scene, in the movie? I don't think so. And there's she, a little Easter egg there. That, I mean, that would have been, but I didn't see the color scheme or the large head spike on the skull. So I don't know if that was Bumpy the Ankylosaurus or not. Can yeah. you, if you go to YouTube, you type in uh, like the very first Jurassic Park, the very opening scene, there's like Dr. Grant's talking to some kid who's kind of being a little, a, a jerk. A, a little oh, jerk. Yeah. yeah. He, Do you guys think that that kid grew up to either be Owen Grady or the bad guy in Jurassic World who was like... Hoskins? Yeah, what do you think about the theory that that kid grew up to be that guy? I, mean, I would have liked to have seen if it was him, if it was Owen Grady grown up, if they had a little confrontation at the end when they first <laughs> meet each other. Because he would have been like, I remember you. When yeah. I was a kid, I was at your dig. You, you scarred know? me for life. <laughs> a lucky kid to be going on a dig at that age. Well, yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, but still kind of insulting it like that. I mean, dromaeosaurs are closely related to birds, but just calling it a six-foot-long turkey, that is where you need to be taught a lesson. Even though, <laughs> even though those are their closest relatives, they're not really birds because they're not in the Ave family. Okay, so what about the theory, the theory that um, when the Dilophosaurus was killing Nedry in this movie and attacked Nedry, 
It didn't do it at first because Nedry has had his hood up, and that roughly looked like a potential mate. You think that the Dilophosaurus first thought, oh, are you a mate, and then later thought, I'll kill you? Uh, that is a good question. Ever since I saw that, I think it kind of looked like it was just toying with him. But as it was just kept on looking at him, then maybe it probably saw it as a threat and maybe as food too. But in the past, when his hood is on, maybe, yeah, I might have to rewatch yeah. that scene with new eyes now. To see <laughs> yeah, it's like, I thought it killed him because he insulted it, but that's not the case because <laughs> non-avian dinosaurs and other animals don't know what humans are saying. It is so. really fun how it's it plays with him, it toys with him, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just... but why is it toying with him? I mean, does he does he look like a Dilophosaurus at all with that yellow jacket and no, then his no, hood up? No, he, he he doesn't. So I just don't know why it's just playing around and. Then it kills He's and eats He's just a Seinfeld him. fan. <laughs> it's uh, like, I don't right, want to do right. this to you, but I also eat you. So yeah, right, like... because Wayne Knight was on Seinfeld. I don't. I never watched that show, but yeah, he was on that show. But yeah, still, I just don't get why it's just standing there and not killing him right away like it would do. But you don't think it's looking Jurassic. at him like a potential mate? No, I don't think it seems that interested as wanting to get it on. Yeah, but okay. I've probably never seen something, someone like that before, where it is just curious it's never been that close to a human. Yeah. Right. Such a different. Yeah. He's trying to figure out, is this food or what is this in front of me here? Yeah. And then like, why is it acting like that? Yeah. And why is it so yellow probably and shiny? Yeah. Maybe that that might be the case. And usually bright colors in the animal kingdom. If an animal is really bright, it usually (laughs) means they're poisonous or venomous. Stay away. So do you think it could be trained to play fetch? I don't quite think so. I don't think predators would normally want to play fetch unless it's a piece of meat. If it's a piece of meat, then maybe you could play fetch <laughs> yeah. with that a bit. But, but just it's not, play, not bringing it back dogs to you, come yeah. from wolves and they were predators. Yeah, yeah but uh, just a plain stick to a wild predator like that, I don't know if it would actually go after that. Okay. Probably be like trying to play fetch with an ostrich. And then it's doing that inaccurate thing where it's putting that frill oh, out and spitting so out poison. Cool, though. Yeah. Like, I know it is pretty <laughs> cool. I'm okay with them making those, you know, for me gets eaten. Those liberties. Yeah, but yeah, they need to just cool they need thing. to label it a hybrid. Let's yeah. be real here. If yeah. it's gonna be if it's gonna be doing that, it's yeah. a hybrid. Yeah, if it was a, if it was an actual hybrid, then I'm fine with that. Of putting like a frilled lizard or like a poison <laughs> snake in it, then that would be. Oh, did you like fine. how the Barbasol cam came love back? That yeah, the Barbasol cam came back. And he was holding it, and he's like, "This was the beginning of my empire." Yeah, where he put the those embryos inside it <laughs> yeah did you ever notice the tyrannosaurus was spelled wrong on that yeah i know oh, when he's like taking them out yeah have you little... ever noticed that no, no. Oh, i think i, I, I kind of did yeah so so they're labeled you know yeah, and like, it's like foreshadowing but the tyrannosaurus i think or one of the dinosaurs is spelled incorrectly which is like a foreshadowing for all the mistakes you know yeah, yeah i think i did kind of notice that one, yeah one of those labels right yeah. on there is misspelled wait right there stegosaurus stegosaurus, stegosaurus yeah. is spelled. <laughs> that, a should be, that a should be an o yeah so stegosaurus is spelled incorrectly. but it just shows how like because they're like everything is perfect here and you're like well yeah. somehow you mislabeled something yeah you know? and then that other name right there metriacanthosaurus that oh, is what a, is that thing? i don't think we see that dinosaur a, no we don't it's another type of allosaurid it belongs to a group called metriacanthosauridae so it's a medium-sized allosaurid predator that lived in the middle jurassic period in england and when they got that embryo, I was like, oh, that's weird. I've never seen that theropod in Jurassic Park before. So oh, they have that embryo. That's, but yeah, so I've never noticed that either, but now I'm super curious what that looks like. Yeah, Metriacanthosaurus, mm, yeah. pretty much like other allosaurids, has a 
kind of large size skull, blade like teeth, bony ridges over its eyes, and long claws to grab its prey. And of course, it's got the long tail out for balance. You got to think in Jurassic Park how lucky they were to get the animals they did. Yeah. Because really, when you're doing that in the movie, you know, you're taking the DNA out of. Yeah. Well, like that one mosquito ate all of these dinosaurs. Like. And you they lucked out. They got a Stegosaurus, a Triceratops, and a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I right. Mean, yeah. So here's Metriacanthosaurus, and as you can see by that human diagram, it's only a medium-sized theropod. Yeah, yeah. It's not that big as other relatives, but still a fearsome predator during its time. And I guess just to get confirmation from experts, I've heard that that couldn't happen from the 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 amber and the mosquito. Is that yeah? No, that, can't, you guys both can't agree take with that? DNA out of a mosquito trapped in amber because DNA decays too quickly when an yeah. animal yeah. dies. There's no way I'm going to extract DNA from a 145 million year old yeah. brachiosaurus. So as far as you know, there is no DNA source that we could ever... No, remember. there's no. not no. a tooth yeah. or a no. bone or... Yeah, we do have soft tissues of other stuff like blood cells and metallary tissue, which is the stuff to create eggshell, but Does DNA, DNA no. It? Oh, no DNA no. in those None things? of those have DNA in it. I so. mean, there's even some talk now of trying to recreate like the woolly mammoth, which the last woolly oh, mammoth yeah. went extinct oh. 5,000 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, even that, some there's an that. uphill battle. And that would be a, yeah, that's a, right? uh, maybe in a future podcast, we might actually do that too. Yeah, I want to well, get deep into, like, because that thing might be coming back. Well, there's like, a park up mm. in the Yukon called Beringia Park where they are trying yeah. to recreate the mammoth. They want to introduce yeah. musk ox and like, are you pretty familiar with that whole process? Like what they're yeah. doing? Yeah, oh, okay. I, yeah. I'm kind of familiar with yeah. it too. I yeah. haven't been that much into it, but I believe it is, if it is a success, okay. it's pretty much just going to be, it's pretty much just going to be a hairy, a hairy modern day elephant. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know about having that shaggy fur in a I hot know. environment. Pretty, yeah. Well, if you guys do want to come back, probably in like oh, two, or sure. three, two or three months, we're going to do an episode on, on bringing back the woolly mammoth. But I need to do all my research oh, yeah. on the, There's the a, DNA yeah. aspect of it and stuff. Yeah, I probably there need to get into it too. <laughs> who wanted to do his whole thing is rewilding. And he was talking about how in North America, like the last, you know, 11 million years ago, you had all these animals that lived out here, even in yeah. Vegas, especially. Yeah. And his thing was like, well, we should bring them all back. We'll we should wild. reintroduce camels and all these things. Yeah, to yeah. Recreate like a, the environment that should be here. because maybe it would balance out better. Exactly, or that I was don't his know. argument. He's or like, we or we just do it wrong yeah. and we mess up everything. Exactly. But yeah, but either one seems possible. Yeah, can you bring up the scene where the T Rex like goes through the electric fence? Well, they say ten thousand volts on the uh, on the wiring, but some people in the comment section were saying that T Rex could easily have withstood ten thousand volts and just fought through that that fence. Would you, do you think that fence would have actually kept a T Rex? If, if the T Rex got pretty annoyed with being in that tiny area and really wanted to get out, well, if Probably, it's not big yeah. enough, then yes, it would definitely want to get out. Yeah. But withstanding the electricity, I don't know if because I mean, certainly it would stay away from that. it as yeah. long as it's happy. But if it was like, look, I need to, I'm a predator, and I'm I going after yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I would need to go out. If it yeah. is strong enough to withstand that electricity, then yes, it would take its chances to break out of that enclosure. But as we saw, the power went off, so it was able to escape. Oh anyway. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I guess this scene won't help but us because I mean, yeah, the power's off now. You know, it's probably the amount of money it takes to make one T-Rex. <laughs> you don't want a, a fence that's going to kill it as soon as it touches it. Yeah. yeah. That guy's probably getting fired if he does that, whoever loses the dinosaur. So you think it's tough enough to fight through a 10,000-volt fence? Kid, I don't know how kid how, how yeah, Tim, yeah, survived if he, it. If he can survive it, the yeah. T-Rex could run through that thing, right? I, Just get I mean, stalked. still... Still, he almost died, but thanks to doing CPR, he did make it through. But with a larger animal, maybe it has a better chance of not getting passed out. So you think they would just do could. a moat or something? I mean, T-Rex <laughs> isn't jumping over that. No. I'm, oh, jumping is the way to keep it in yeah, there. Yeah, just have like a yeah. big space between, like kind of like. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I don't know if a seven or eight ton animal could actually jump that high. Yeah. But it, it couldn't even get off the 
Can it ever get two feet off the ground? Could it even jump at all, a T Rex? I think they could. Maybe just a little like bit of a leap. Like at full speed, could it at least have like a moment where a little bit of a, maybe just a little bit of a leap because it couldn't run that yeah. fast for that yeah. long. So maybe a little bit of a leap, but definitely not a high jump yeah. like a pole vault or yeah. something like. But you agree it could swim like they're in the prehistoric planet? Yes, it's it, possible that it could swim thanks to its hollow bones and big muscular legs, yeah. Yeah. So able to stay afloat. I would have definitely. It probably like could swim. And then they were all like. Going across the water. Yeah, we even like, found no preserved way. marks of theropod tracks yeah. with their claws matching on the seabed that they were swimming and swimming. So yeah, yeah the T-Rex museum, probably could swim. At the museum, we do have an actual trackway of mm. a theropod that was swimming, just kind of skipping its feet along the bottom. Yeah, thanks to its hollow bones and strong back legs, it's possible that T-Rex could swim. And as we saw, it was swimming across the Western Interior Seaway, which was risky because you need to watch out for mosasaurs and plesiosaurs living down there. So yeah, T-Rex and other large theropods could probably swim if they needed to. Wow. Because modern day birds do that, like ostriches and emus. They sometimes swim to other different lands to find new sources of food. Giganotosaurus is the new apex predator that seems to be tougher than a T-Rex. Tell me all about this new dinosaur that they've added. It is true. The Giganotosaurus is a bigger theropod than Tyrannosaurus rex. Though, as I've stated, some T-Rex specimens are about the same length, but Giganotosaurus is bigger than most specimens and scientists have discovered. It's about 40 feet long, 45 feet long, maybe more, but yeah. And it belongs to a group called Carcharodontosaurus. So as I said, Allosaurus is my favorite non-bird dinosaur. The Carcharodontosaurus are a subgroup of the Allosaur family tree that diversified after the Jurassic period. In the Cretaceous, the Carcharodontosaurus were the dominant predators around the world in the northern and the southern hemisphere. Giganotosaurus lived in the southern hemisphere in Argentina, South America. So that's where it reigned supreme, Mm. along with some other Carcharodontosaurus that also lived in Argentina, like Mapusaurus, Eocarcaria, and Tyranotitan. So Giganotosaurus lived with some of its other relatives. So you agree that if the two went toe-to-toe, it probably is bigger and tougher than the Tyrannosaurus rex? I wouldn't say tougher. <laughs> oh. Tyrannosaurus rex is a lot more robust, yeah. too. I mean, those are just, they're big, beefy dinosaurs. Yeah, and it has oh. and it has a bone-crushing bite and a much bigger brain with better senses. Okay, so bigger yeah. might not mean the better predator. No, it's yeah. not the size of predators that make them deadly. It's all about the bite and the brawn yeah. that makes them deadly. Okay, so size. you would say the T-Rex still would dominate in a fight. Yes, because yeah. it's, strong, it's stronger and smarter than the other theropods, thanks to that oh. big brain with those better senses like size. Sight, smell, and hearing. It's got much better senses. Because in the in the Jurassic, Yerma, can you go to YouTube and type in the Jurassic World um, prelude? Is that what it's called? The prologue. Prologue. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on how this battle went down. Because this is really the only thing the Jurassic Park franchise has ever done that was truly in the time. Yeah. So, do you feel like they nailed this video? Um, Is it realistic to what? Scientists would it, think. it is realistic, but some of these Cretaceous dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals lived a bit earlier than some others. Like, yeah. all these are living all together. And they probably all didn't live in the same area yeah. at the same time, mm. too. But Yeah, like this oviraptor. It didn't yeah. live in North America with T-Rex. It lived in Asia. Okay, AD, so they, yeah, even in this earlier, historical narrative, they're they're they did merge animals that weren't supposed to be together. Yeah. Yeah, they're still taking a few liberties with it. But. Yeah, but like, like I had been saying, it's a movie. They can do what they want with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is cool because we just, for people who are living now, to us it's just eras, so to squeeze them together can be kind of fun. Oh, one of my favorite facts is Stegosaurus lived so far in time away from Tyrannosaurus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they were separated by 75 million years. Yeah, We're separated 66 million years from T-Rex. 
So yeah. we lived close to T-Rex and T-Rex did the Stegosaurus in time. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I never thought about how big of a gap that it's was. It's this concept yeah. of deep time that is just, they live for such, dinosaurs dominated the earth for such a long time. It's mind boggling to think yeah. about. Yeah. The entire yeah. time since the asteroid hit to now is the same distance between yeah. the two animals that mm -hmm. were all, oh. Yep. T-Rex was walking over fossils of Stegosaurus by mm -hmm. the time he was alive. Yeah, Stegosaurus <laughs> was dead millions of yeah, years ago. Yeah, and I had no idea that anything even existed. Okay, so yeah, tell me about this fight. Because it seems okay. like here the Giganotosaurus yeah. is stronger. Yeah. But then they throw yeah. in that little slip. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they wanted to make the T-Rex have a weakness. Yeah, they're yeah. just making it more ferocious than it actually really was. And then it trips and falls, and then that's what ultimately kills it. For some reason, I don't know. Because <laughs> it gets the neck, yeah, yeah, probably the, bleeding out. You think? Maybe, maybe it's maybe, maybe yeah. her neck broke, or maybe and, the and that's out. our and that's our yeah little mosquito. That's gonna be the mosquito from it. the first. Mm -hmm. Little mosquito biting it. Giganosaurus walks away because the fight's over. I don't know if it would walk away though. I don't it would know if it's gonna give up a well, free meal like that. What yeah. else do you want? Anything else you want to elaborate on when it comes to what we know about the Giganosaurus or how it was portrayed um, in the movie? Um, uh, maybe I'll go over its design in the movie. In its design, yeah. they gave it a little bit of armored osteoderms that we see on a crocodilian. I mean, Giganotosaurus didn't. Like didn't that? Well, no, because Giganotosaurus didn't really have those bit of scaly osteoderms that they gave it. And like right above its hips on the back is a little bit of a sail like ridge on there. Giganotosaurus did not have that type of feature either. I think they put a lot of in there so you could distinguish it from a T Rex. Okay, yeah. you know, so they got to make it a little. Stand yeah. out a little bit. See, yeah, yeah probably wouldn't the, have that. Like those armored osteoderms and that sail like ridge. That's a little different than it, it actually was in real life. Yeah, it Maybe, also felt like its know. jaw was very like, I don't know if it seemed like the T-Rex just had different bite. It looks like that one's got more of an alligator kind of bite. It, it is more kind slender. Of larger, is, that, yeah. is that accurate or is yeah, that just? Yes, the, okay. skull, the skull is bigger. Since it's a bigger animal, it has a bigger skull. A T-Rex skull is five feet long, but a Giganotosaurus is about six feet long. If you compare Whoa. those skulls, yes, the Giganotosaurus is bigger. And comparing that with a human skull, a human skull would look puny. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so, yeah. so they got that right then. But yeah, you but think it's the scale It's just the scale and the, the sail-like yeah. ridge is a bit inaccurate. There is a different Carcharodontosaur that does have a sail-like ridge on its back from North America called Acrocanthosaurus. Acrocanthosaurus does have a sail-like ridge on its back, and that's another Carcharodontosaur. So that that did have a sail-like ridge, but other Carcharodontosaurs like the Giganotosaurus did not have that. Oh, Maybe yeah, look at that one with the person next to it. Yeah. God, those are so yeah, cool looking. Their scale. Mm -hmm. Yep, so those are the scales between T-Rex and Giganotosaurus. Yeah, a little thinner looking, too. Yeah, Terror of South America, Terror of North America. Wow. So they really w would, if you put them together, they really would compete because they were eating the mm -hmm. same type of thing. Yeah. They, they, they yeah. were lucky they had continents between They both the same them, role right? in each mm -hmm. place. Do, yeah. they, do they have a shared ancestor that's fairly recent in their world? Does that so, make sense? Like before the, I guess before Pangaea broke into... Continents. Yeah, they're both theropods. You'd probably have to go yeah. back to maybe theropods, even yeah. late Jurassic when they diverge. Yeah, that's when the that. Carcharodontosaurus started diversifying from their other Allosaur ancestors in the late Jurassic period. Tyrannosaurs did first evolve in the Jurassic period too, but they were small. The first Tyrannosaurs were small animals about the size of dogs, wow. so they were yeah. not the apex predators yet, which shows you that ev some animals have humble beginnings. Yeah, I know. You never cool. would have thought that those dog-sized Tyrannosaurs would grow into such large, bone-crunching <laughs> yeah. monsters like T-Rex. Yeah. But that's what happened. That's well, what they did. Well, our ancestors looked kind of like a mouse or something, right? And who would have mm -hmm. thought we'd turn into monkey type thing? Yeah, right? turning into apes, hanging from yeah. the trees, walking yeah. in all fours, and then right. bipedal. 
and like when whales ditched yeah. their limbs yeah. for walking on land and became adapted I know, it's to just crazy and now we're just obsessed with reality tv like right? who would have thought that whole process was going to happen millions of years mouse. leading up to <laughs> this yeah. kim kardashian every week yeah right. we'll move on to the therizinosaurus therizinosaurus okay, okay. theropod yeah, it yeah. is. So, so surprisingly, I just figured this movie was going to have just T-Rex and, and the Jigga going at it. But there was a third dinosaur that made a huge appearance in the final final scene. And a lot mm -hmm. of people have never seen this thing. And it looks very alien-like. So mm -hmm. is this really a dinosaur? And if so, what's yes. the story behind Therizinosaurus? Yes, the Therizinosaurus and all of its relatives are dinosaurs. They are theropods. But what's different about them is that they were completely herbivorous instead of being carnivorous. We know that they're herbivorous thanks to their beaked mouths and their leaf-cutting serration-like teeth. Yeah, we have, they haven't found that in the Therizinosaurus, but they have found that in other types of Therizinosaurus from Asia and North America, like Ehrlichosaurus and Nothronychus, which are other Therizinosaurus that have these leaf-cutting serrations on their teeth, which are perfectly adapted for eating plants instead of for ripping into flesh. So those three claws... I think you told me yeah, that Yeah, we have is a cast one of right one there. right here. Yeah, let me just, just give you an idea of the scale. That one right there. This one? Yeah, that one right there. So yeah, those scythe-like claws are one of the most characteristic things of these animals. They used it for defense and for reaching foliage down from trees and probably also for digging, like to dig up roots or insects wow. to eat. And maybe they also use them to help them build their nests. Because yeah. yeah, why would evolution have kept favoring longer and longer claws like this? So you're saying maybe scraping leaves off a tree yeah. or maybe yeah. digging or in. Or if it's the water just kind of like ripping out water plants out of the ground kind of. Maybe. Oh, they probably like did that too. You Today, think they were mostly in the... Like... Oh, slot, do sloths have? Sloths have, have really pretty like long, long claws. Yeah, they the kind of do have yeah. long claws, which they also use to grab plants off the ground. Pretty much water plants too. So there's an Asaurus yeah, probably yeah, went to a watering hole and then just mm. used their claws to help them get aquatic plants out. They and seem, those seem mouths. related. But they're totally different because they're dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These, these are mammals. mammals. These are but maybe... Oh, yeah. Right, look at those claws they Yeah, evolved. look at the claws yeah. they yeah. got. So, but maybe they were in a similar environment and had evolutionary pressures similar? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Ripping down foliage and pulling things closer towards them. Yeah. One of my favorite things about these dinosaurs is the first thing they found were the arms and the claws. Mm -hmm. Dinocherius, right? Or... Yeah, the Therizinosaurus yeah. was the first Therizinosaur to be discovered. All they had were claws and, and hands. If you could, if you look at this this photo of how large these arms or claws are, I mean, there's just this monstrous animal. And but they didn't have anything of the rest of it. They didn't have the head. They didn't have any you know, yeah. cranial parts of it outside the arms. Just the hind limbs. Yeah. And they yeah. originally thought it was from a giant turtle. And before they realized it was a type of dinosaur. Oh really? Yes, they yeah. thought these were from a giant turtle. I was like, well, I don't until, know, man. Right? Until Just more super more fossil material was discovered and realized that these belong to a strange group of theropod dinosaurs. Yeah, they, and they really are. They they're so unique. It doesn't feel like a variation of any other dinosaur. And I that, know. You got a small head on a long neck with a big belly, and yeah, you got. They did. Four toes yeah. touching Weird. the ground. It's so often you find almost like similar themes repeated where yeah. it's like, well, that animal kind of looks like this, you know. They're not related, but a triceratops kind of looks like a rhinoceros. Right. And you get this thing that just, this there's nothing so else different. that's walked the earth that's Do you think ever it was accurate? Like it. Would it be slow moving like a sloth or would yes, it be? Yes, theirs and Asaurus were not that fast because yeah. okay. they got big physicues. Yeah. Which Do you think they got that right running. in the movie or did he move at the right speed in the movie according in your yeah. opinion? Yeah. Like walking yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Pretty much that's the speed of a Therizinosaurus because with those big bellies and their physique, they probably could not mm. run very fast like some other fast. Small what about when he swipes at the therapods. deer? Like, yes. could, could they swipe fast or would they have swiped like a sloth? And yeah. Like probably it could move pretty fast. Yeah. Because they got big arms. So once they're slicing at predators, they would just do whoosh. 
Yeah. Okay, like so that. they could do that just to rip the leaves off and maybe mm-hmm. knock a predator out of the way or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because the Therizinosaurus lived with a big Tyrannosaur called oh, Tarbosaurus. Yeah, that photo. That those right are there. some of the first. That's like the first fossil they found. Yeah. Thing. Wow. Those are the claws yeah, and arms of Yeah, I could see why that would have thrown a lot of people off seeing that thing mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what kind of animal it was on. Those were the first fossils of it to be discovered in the early 1950s. But you mentioned uh, so speed of dinosaurs. One of the really cool things is we find these trackways. And so we're all able to find out a lot about the behavior of the dinosaurs. Yeah. You know, we can we can extrapolate what their speed was and everything just from finding the trackways. And there's, you can actually learn more about it through that way than from just the bones. Wow. Kind of cool. I don't think they found any trackways of Therizinosaurus yet. But Not yet. if we do, we'd be able to even know exactly how fast they and can And that move. would just be footprints and measuring the distance between the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somehow you could tell if, based on the size of what they are, the, something about how... How it was moving. How fast it was, like, every space, the spacing oh, between them. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That with the, with the actual bones of knowing how far apart the legs were, yeah. how quickly are they moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, when it comes to analyzing a fossil, it, it sounded like you were, you'd cut the skull and you could figure out how soft it was, which would tell you if it was juvenile or adult. And you could tell the speed when you had tracks. What else, what other things can you tell from, like, a, the bones about the well, way a dinosaur lived? Well, they've done CAT scans on bones. They'll take mm. them to a hospital and literally just put them to a CAT scan machine, do an MRI yeah. on them. Mm. You can find about the interior of it. So how hollow it is might mean it's a flying or quick-moving thing, and it's yeah. the thicker it is, the more heavy it is. Well, sauropods yeah. had a lot of hollow sa- like areas in their bones, too, those really big long-necked dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. They would have hollow areas where they actually think they had... Um, air sacs in them to help support yep. those giant necks and everything called pneumacity yeah yeah is it safe to take this well because then there's something weird about the size of a brain and how smart something is right but have you guys worked all that out like do you know basically which dinosaurs were intelligent yeah and how much like we there's could rank a little them bit all? i mean yeah. a small brain doesn't necessarily mean it's not the smartest animal um but yeah, it's like birds even so, nowadays yeah. birds are doing some yeah interesting exactly things, right? brain yeah. power so yeah you've crows and ravens that are building nests that can yeah. recognize themselves. But no dinosaur was things. near a dolphin or anything, right? Maybe a troodon. Like troodon Is that the smartest? What's the smartest dinosaur? Yeah, the troodon theropods like troodon. Troodons are similar to dromaeosaurs. They have the sickle-shaped claw and they're bird-like, but they had bigger brains, larger mm. eyes, which also means they might so have been So in proportion nocturnal. to the body, they had the biggest brain. That's how you know that? Yeah. Or you can kind of tell from the environments they were found in? Or... Yeah, thanks to those CT scans and looking at their brain cases, we can get an accurate size of their brain, and troodon theropods were like the brainiest non-bird dinosaurs really? ever. Yeah. Not as smart as a human, but pretty much very smart for a dinosaur but they could be size. causing problems if they're all over the the oh, world because yeah. they would be figuring out how to just get Probably good problem yeah. solvers yeah probably even you know and they're also omnivores too yeah. so they would pretty much eat whatever food they can find as well oh. yeah and like i said there might have been nocturnal thanks to their large eyes how big are they like a trudon is only like six feet long so they're not big trudon theropods are not big oh, they're small yeah. bird-like theropods but they don't need to be big because they might have also been pack hunters like Dromaeosaurus too to take down much larger prey. Like Trudon could probably take oh, down a juvenile and Montosaurus, which are those large hadrosaurs that it lived alongside oh, with. They sound like it's a lot of trouble, actually. If they're yeah. Floating, or if they're hanging out at our garbage dumps. So yeah. So here are like Trudons. I mean, don't ignore the ones that are featherless. We know that they were feathered just like Dromaeosaurus since they're also one of the closest relatives they're to modern day birds. So they're, and, way, so they're way bigger than compies. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, they are bigger they than Comsignathan theropods. Would they eat those? 
Well, if they ever lived with them, then yes. But yeah. so far, we haven't found any Trudant theropods living alongside Compsognathid theropods. Okay. But if they were around, they would eat Compsognathid them. Compsognathid is mainly found in Germany, I know. In Germany and, and France. And these guys are Canada and maybe even yeah, Alaska. A Asia, yeah, in. Asia and North America. So, okay. yeah. And so the type of teeth is another big cue, right? Oh, like yeah. if you get a tooth, you can kind of tell if it's a carnivore or Yeah, herbivore. if it's a carnivore, yeah. an herbivore, or an omnivore, or and, a piscivore. Yeah. So, yeah, we can tell. Is there basic logic teeth. to that? Is that like just sharpness, yeah. essentially? Or? Yeah, if an animal has long, sharp, pointy teeth, then it's designed for eating meat. But if it has like plant cutting teeth or just flat serrations teeth, then it's designed for eating plants. Mm. So, but you if, might yeah. have seen this and thought, oh, this could be a predator. But then later they found the Therizorna teeth. The, the Therizinosaurus teeth. Yeah, yeah, you find the teeth yeah. and you and start to build the whole together. animal out from mm -hmm. there. Yeah, they are theropods like. Tyrannosaurus and Allosaurus, but they just filled in a niche that all those other theropods left behind, which is for eating plants, kind of like pandas. They mostly eat bamboo while other bears eat sources wow. of meat. So do you think they got it right? Would you think a Therizinosaurus and a T-Rex teaming up on a Giganotosaurus would be winners? Well, well you actually thought even a T-Rex would win because well, it's smarter. Well, yeah, but if a Therizinosaurus was for some reason teaming up with another different type of theropod, then yes, they would have a high chance of winning since one's got a bone-crushing bite and more intelligent brain, and if Therizinosaurus has long scythe-like claws, then I don't see any chance of that one other yeah. animal taking on these guys. But the Therizinosaurus, like I said, did live with a Tyrannosaur called Tarbosaurus, which is a close relative to T-Rex, so it did live with a big Tyrannosaur, but oh, not yeah. Do you think it sometimes would eat those? Yes, a Tarbosaurus yeah. would take on a Therizinosaurus because it's an apex predator. Yeah. It would eat anything, but would have they... to watch out for those claws. I wouldn't mm. be surprised if they tried to avoid each other more often than not. I mean, there's other easier prey, exactly. but, if they, like, but if they were starving. Like there's you get into a there's fight, there's a chance you're going to get hurt. Yeah, there's Hadrosaurs, yeah. which don't have any defensive weapons at all. And we know yeah. that Tyrannosaurus definitely ate those planning dinosaurs as well. But wow. Hadrosaurs are faster, so they would have to take them on by surprise, which is why we figure that they're ambush predators without wasting wow. so much energy trying to chase them yeah that was he's such a crazy like do you think they made it a little overly aggressive in the movie or what like it seemed very territorial I mean, and kind for of an like, herbivore it seemed yeah. like it was very it was almost hunting her well yeah, yeah. well yeah like it yeah it did kind of look like it was hunting claire like and were they agitated you think they were agitated like that just like get out of my space everything and well just, yeah like, there yeah. was a crash plane crash seat and a parachute inside its enclosure and i was wondering what on earth is this <laughs> i and wouldn't the, be surprised if they just saw the design kind of worked backwards from there like yeah. something with claws this big can't not we'll be find impressive. reasons to make it agitated just exactly for the movie. okay so anything else you want to mention about that or should we move on to the quetzal um, I think I'd rather move on to my favorite pterosaur, the Quetzalcoatlus. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, let's because to me the bit like there's a bunch of cool new things to talk about, like the Pyroraptor and all and and all that. But really, Giganotosaurus, Therizinosaurus, and Quetzalcoatlus were yeah. like the these three awesome. Just I mean, look at the huge, scale of that surprisingly. Thing yeah. I mean, it's amazing that these didn't show up in other Jurassic movies because well, they, yeah, they're I'd such look... great dinosaurs, and it's like yeah. I can't believe the general. This... Yeah, consciousness of people who watch these movies. Yeah, I they know dinosaurs see. and they've never known these three. Yeah. You know? I love to see a giant pterosaur in a movie like the yeah. Quetzalcoatlus and other Asdericid pterosaurs. But yeah, the Quetzalcoatlus is my favorite. I could like other Asdericid pterosaurs, but the Quetzalcoatlus is one of the most well-known pterosaurs. Yeah. Of all so no that. bird anymore has that weird bend. It seems like that I've ever seen. So what was yeah. the deal with the evolution of that weird bending and the huge size? And just tell me all about these. These are flying these reptiles too. So I mean, even though they fly oh, not like dinosaurs. modern birds. 
Not even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah these are not, not dinosaurs. dinosaurs. These are pterosaurs. Yeah. Oh yeah. All pterosaurs yeah. are relatives of. Yeah, they're relatives of dinosaurs, but they're not true dinosaurs. It's almost like you have group. bats and birds are both flying animals. The morphology of their wings are a lot different okay, from gotcha. each other. Yeah. Yeah. How did and, their? Tell me about their wings and yeah. all this. Their wings are made of thin skin supported by an elongated pinky finger, unlike birds or bats. These pterosaurs were the first vertebrates to ever evolve true-powered flight, though the first ever animals to evolve were insects, but pterosaurs were the first vertebrates. Yep. Yeah, pterosaurs all have that elongated pinky finger. Yeah, imagine my pinky finger is a bit long, and okay. the wing is attached to the tip that extends all the way to my ankle, and then I have that membranous wing for me to soar over long distances. Though there has been some question, can a large pterosaur like Quetzalcoatlus even take to the sky? Oh, well, they think it might have barely flown or just glided may, sometimes? Maybe. May there's been some speculation. But its ancestors must taken. have been flying, right? Yeah, but then as it got bigger, flying. it just got less yeah. and less able to fly? Yeah. You lose so, the yeah. necessity of flight. You know, you get to a point where it potentially it's so large and it can hunt and survive on the ground, it doesn't even need to take off into the air at all. Wow. Yeah, but whenever it needs, it needs to, it probably would have maybe just hunched back a little bit and then just give it a little thrust and then pull its wings out and give it a little bit of flap oh. so it can get higher and higher and higher up into the sky. And then, yeah, pretty much would just glide rather than yeah. flap all the time. Why do you think the head got just so big? And do you think it had those like flourishes on it? I mean, even the eye is so far away from the, the wing. Yeah. Like the skull crests we don't build pretty accurate. Because we don't yeah. really build airplanes like this. Why would this have worked for nature? So the ornamentation on the head crest could be really, you know, there's some pterosaurs that have just insane looking head crests. Mm -hmm. And that's all about mating. Mating, display, mm -hmm. scaring yeah. off other animals. There's a lot of sexual dimorphism, I think they found in it, where the mm -hmm. males are going to look a lot different from the females. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They even found some, a pterosaur nesting ground, like with a bunch of pterosaurs and babies all preserved together. Whoa. Like. It was a species called Sierra Dactylus, which is an ornithochira pterosaur, which are pterosaurs that have crests on their beaks. And they found a whole abundance of Sierra Dactylus nests, babies, and adults all preserved together. So, yeah, wow. It was like a nesting ground for all these pterosaurs until they were all of a sudden killed by a sudden thunderstorm. So that's how we know that pterosaur is nurtured for their young. So yeah, this is this is the type of pterosaur, Sierra Dactylus. So yeah, they found a whole nesting site of those pterosaurs all preserved together. So I was thinking they're so big they could probably pick up a human and fly with them. But do you think the they had, they had trouble flying and that wouldn't it be possible? Well, yeah, like their feet are not really designed for gripping animals and lifting them up into the sky. Because they were normally getting what? They're mostly eating fish. Yeah, they yeah. were mostly eating fish and small animals, not large ones. So a pterosaur cannot just come up to a large animal and pick it up and take it somewhere because it would probably drop it because it's so heavy. Gotcha. So, yeah, pterosaurs cannot really lift up humans if they ever lived with okay, them. Okay, so if these... hunting morphids with the uh, beak, I don't know if you... It's a true beak. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the beak. Yeah. So we don't have anything to worry about. If these things are flying around in our modern day environment, they're not going to eat us? No, they will yeah. not grab a human because their feet are not designed for grasping. It's not going to pick you up and fly, back, fly you back to its nest. But we it could might fit, it, we could fit it in its mouth. beak. Yeah, oh. it might like kind of peck you pretty bad. Well, yeah, because like... <laughs> are we like, the right size food for it? <laughs> well, we are pretty, pretty large and... So just depending on how big it is, it, a human could sustain a large pterosaur if it wanted to. But yeah, yeah. if a pteranodon pterosaur like pteranodon was at a human, then yeah, it would probably just 
Pegasus with a to giant toothless <laughs> beak, which would probably be a lot painful. Yeah, and some of them did have those long teeth. It was probably good for getting going after fish. Yeah, yeah. like or not the kind of skimming across. So that's how you kind of yeah. know they're water animals, is because yeah, they're yeah, pretty much have... piscivorous because they have those smooth cone-shaped teeth. So yeah. Ornithochiroterosaurs like Sierra Dactylus ate aquatic yeah. prey like That's most I mean, other yeah. skimming over the ocean just picking up whatever it can yeah. yeah it's like a pelican would today yeah and you can see those little pointy teeth on that fossil yeah. specimen right there yeah. on that I was surprised skull. how many dinosaurs actually ate fish but lived on land because I guess you think about fish always being so deep in the water but there's a lot that seem to just hang out on the shores even the huge uh, Spinosaurus, right? Spinosaurus and all the Spinosaurus yeah. theropods. They mostly ate fish, but they didn't go into oceans. They stayed like, a, like in rivers and streams. Yeah. So yeah, that's where they would get their fish prey. But a lot of dinosaurs were, I guess there must have always just been fish in shallow waters because these yeah. dinosaurs lived for a long time with them. Yeah, so yeah. Spinosaurus theropods have cone-shaped teeth used for eating aquatic prey rather than for eating land animals. So again, they're one, one of the few, if only major group of animal that never had a fully aquatic species if you think about like mammals we have whales birds have well birds are dinosaurs but you have mm -hmm. you know penguins and things like that there's no dinosaur that lived primarily in the water mm -hmm. wow yep pretty much spinosaurus is yeah. only the only yeah. aquatic For dinosaurs all those years that we have too. yeah right? that is yeah you'd think something would have happened yeah so there's another aquatic dinosaur too called Hesperornis, which is a flightless toothless bird yeah. that lived in North America. That's another aquatic dinosaur. So pretty much that and Spinosaurus are the only aquatic yeah. dinosaurs there is. While wow. all those other marine reptiles are just different types of groups that also lived in the Mesozoic. How do you think if that Spinosaurus would have been in the fight at the end, do you think it would have given the Giganotosaurus a good run for the money too? Well, that's the Spinosaurus in the movie. <laughs> we know Spinosaurus couldn't really take on much larger animals yeah. since it was designed for eating fish. So if oh, a Spinosaurus not, not also the same did, kind of predator. if you yeah. see that one in the middle there on the top, that's kind of they recently came yeah. out with a new this is, that's what design of what really they kind of look like. What they oh, think they a little look bit like. different than the movie, huh? Yeah. yeah, this just came out. I think about a year ago. The paper came out. Yeah, so it's got short legs with oh, webbed feet, yeah. thick tail, and a that's thin like a tail. That's definitely a bit different yeah. than the, they had it portrayed in the movie, huh? Yeah. Well, during, during Jurassic Park 3, Spinosaurus was a poorly known dinosaur. We didn't know much about it. Uh, it's incredible that we j or we're still learning this. Like, All the you're, time. You're living through All an the era time. where I feel like this is kind of like known, but it's really discovered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you just think in 2022, we'd have it all figured out. But yeah, we not don't even, even close. Not I mean, even like close. This, that's the most interesting part about the movies is just how actual dinosaur knowledge has changed since they made it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one of the fascinating things about paleontology. Yeah. We're still learning. Yeah, you that, really. In that was one of the great things about the first movie, too. That first Jurassic Park movie really showed them as fast-moving, real yeah. animals, you know? Oh, oh, my gosh. Well, and of course, that one scene that seems like it aged poorly, which was yeah. like, they can't, if you don't move, they can't see you. Yeah. And like, well, actually, they could smell they, you they and can, see you. They can, <laughs> they can see you pretty good even if you weren't moving. So that's another inaccurate thing. Yeah. So here's the Jurassic Park 3 Spinosaurus. I'm just going to say one thing. Yeah. I actually like the design of its mo of the modern day look to that animal with the color scheme. That's actually pretty cool. They gave it the fin-like tail and the short yeah. back legs. So that's actually pretty cool. I like that yeah. image. But as you say, if the Jurassic Park Spinosaurus was in that theropod battle, teaming up with Tyrannosaurus and then, then there's an Asaurus. Then yeah, Giganosaurus, you're done because you got three different theropods teaming <laughs> up one, against you. He's not going to get out of there. Yeah, you've got three different theropods against you. So yeah, you're definitely dead because yeah. you've got three different theropods against you. So yeah, it would have been done for. Okay, so let's talk about. Uh, I guess it was the you like. Okay, let's talk raptors. I guess so. There's. The Velociraptor that showed up in the first Jurassic Parks, and it blew as a Velociraptor, but then 
it seemed like when they were in Malta, they called those raptors something different. So those were not velociraptors that we saw. No, they were really Deinonychus in the entire franchise. Yeah, break down like Utah raptor, that feathered raptor that we saw, the pyroraptor, and just talk to me about raptors in general in Jurassic Park and what's real, what's not, and what we saw in the movie. Okay, so their technical name are called dromaeosaurs, meaning running reptiles. I know people are familiar calling them raptors, but raptors are given to the name of birds of prey, like eagles, hawks, and that's falcons. What you, that's what you have there is the raptor. That's, yes. that's a velociraptor. This is a velociraptor oh, foot. Much smaller than yeah, portrayed yes. in the movie. Velociraptor a- was only eight feet, t- oh, eight feet long and three feet yeah. tall. It was the size of a turkey. So yeah, velociraptor lived in Asia in the Gobi Desert, and this foot is one of the fo- first fossils that they found in the 1920s. And but this found. is the same, but that is also the same as that on a different dinosaur. So yeah, what dinosaur did this come from, and why is it so much bigger? This is from a Utah raptor, which is a much larger dromaeosaur that's 23 feet long and 6 feet tall. So just an offshoot of the dromaeosaur family. Some of these dromaeosaurs were growing quite large, mm-hmm. and Utah raptor was the largest member of its kind. So do you think that what we see is the velociraptor, like blue, really should be a Utah Utah raptor, would that be accurate or well, more accurate? Well, as I said, she, she's really a Deinonychus. Utah raptor was announced the same year the first movie came out, so they didn't wait for the announcement of the Utah raptor. If they would have mm. waited a little bit for it to be announced, then they would have put Utah raptor in the movie instead. Gotcha. And that discovery showed that a large dromaeosaur wasn't a work of fiction after all, because that was before it was first discovered. Before oh, so they actually took the little one and were like, we'll make it bigger. And then, yeah. then like before. real paleontologists found the bigger yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they could have just waited for the announcement of the Utah Raptor, and then we found out, wow, a huge dromaeosaur is not a work of fiction. Let's yeah. put the Utah so Raptor funny. in the movie. I will argue, though, Velociraptor sounds a lot scarier than Utah yeah, Raptor. Utah. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, the name skull there is a skull of a Velociraptor, too, yeah. just to give oh, you... Oh, cool. Yeah, well, I didn't so, realize those two were connected, so that was the leg yep, of that So this scene. is the yeah. foot. There's the skull. Really thin. Their their jaws were a lot thinner. Mm-hmm. I get get my head around how yes, I mean they're definitely bigger than compies, but they're yes, yeah. they're bigger than compsognathid theropods. But they're not, yeah, they're not the same terror that I've seen in the movies no. for so long. And yeah, another, Velociraptor skull yeah. and jaw, one to one scale. Cool. Yeah, and another cool thing is that we know Velociraptor had feathers because they found quill knobs on the arm bones, which are the same attachment points on a bird wing. So oh. yeah, the feathers are attached to these large quill knobs that attach to the bones on the wings of birds, and they found that on a Velociraptor arm bone. Did so you, we know Velociraptor had that. In the new movie, the Pyroraptor, is that right, or would you call that? Um, wrong? yeah, it, they did give it feathers. Yeah. So yeah, it is quite right. Pyroraptor doesn't have any preserved feathers on the fossils, but thanks to finding other dromaeosaurs, it it makes perfect sense that it did too. But the red coloring, we're not exactly sure what color Pyroraptor was. If you look at that there too, that that one picture, it's really known from a really small amount of fossils. We don't have a ton of Pyroraptor, so a lot of it is just based on other ones we have. I think there's like one leg bone and like one upper arm bone or something like that. Yeah. We, We could find, you know... A year from now, they find a more complete skeleton or more more fossils, and it's going to look completely different. Right. I doubt it, but there's a chance. But yeah, because we just don't have enough to make a good yeah. solid. Yeah. Maybe it has a large head crest or something. Do you know anything? It's okay if you don't, but do you know anything about the story, how they almost named the Utah Raptor the Spielberg Raptor or something? Yeah. I about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were going to name it after him because they believe he was going to like fund the dig for um, yeah, like but wasn't he, he supposed did, yes. to donate? He said he donated money and didn't, so then they no, renamed he didn't. it or so something. So they didn't yeah. name it after him. So the species yeah. is Ostrom 
Maserum. So it's named after John Ostrom, who discovered a name Deinonychus, revolutionizing the idea of how we see dinosaurs and that they were warm-blooded, fast, and related to birds. Oh, so he's yeah. your, is he your favorite? Um, he is one of my favorite paleontologists. He's from one the past. of the people that really started moving dinosaurs away from slow moving, moving stupid animals that mm-hmm. they could actually be dynamic. Thinking about fast quick birds. Yeah, he exactly. was a, gotcha. he was a professor at Yale University, yeah. and he even. T- taught Robert Bacher, who is a leading paleontologist around the United States. Oh, from the dress, like there's this guy named Bacher. Is that like what they say when Timmy yeah, says they were, that in, in the, the second movie? one? Yeah, or yeah. yeah. So yeah. John Ostrom was his teacher, and he taught him about the dinosaur renaissance. Like during this time, he was a student of Ostrom, so he was wearing a mm. cowboy hat and dressed like a hippie, and he was learning Deinonychus with Ostrom, revolutionizing the idea of how we see dinosaurs. Oh, and it but, wasn't well, an easy, easily accepted idea. A lot of things that he was yeah, first proposing so, had a so, lot of pushback. Yeah, some the, of the things he was really? saying, a lot of people yeah. still doubted him, but most people definitely agreed and saw this new image of how we but see But he them. was right. So he persisted and yes. eventually yeah. a yeah. lot of these became more mainstream. Yeah. But sadly, Ostrom died in 2005. Oh, who's the leading paleontologist in the world right now? Or who's like the... Well, there's a lot of them. I have a lot of favorite paleontologists, so... Yeah, yeah there's a lot of great ones out there. Um, in the public sphere, there's Jingmei O'Connor, who's doing some really amazing work with feathered dinosaurs mm-hmm. and the transition to birds. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's a curator at the Field Museum yeah. in Chicago. Oh, cool. I was there in 2019, but I didn't realize that she was the curator there. She's one of my favorite paleontologists. So next time I go to the Field Museum in Chicago, I want to ask if she's there. Oh, that's cool. Because, yeah, she's amazing. She's an amazing paleontologist and a beautiful one with a lot of tattoos and piercings. Cool. What are anyone else in the field? Who are your top three? Or just, especially, actually, <laughs> uh, it's also at the I, natural here in Vegas. Who's our, who's our number one? So we have here, yeah. uh, there's a Dr. Stephen Rowland, who's professor emeritus at UNLV, mm-hmm. who taught paleontology forever. And he now works at the museum and he runs the Richard A. Ditton Learning Lab downstairs. Okay. Um, if it has to do with Southern Nevada paleontology, he's the uh, guy. Dr. Rowland is probably the guy. But we have a lot of great other ones too. I yeah. know. Um, I in, 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 the Americas, like in North America, in the United States, where is the best uh, dig site? Or like, where does all our dinosaurs come from? Are they evenly distributed around the country? No, or? actually, that's a good question. Um, you're gonna, there's a lot of dinosaurs in North America. Um, it's one of the richest places in the world to find dinosaurs, arguably. Oh, yeah. Um, going over to Montana, Colorado, Utah. Places like those. Yeah. Best places to find dinosaurs. That's fossils. where they all were living, huh? Yeah. yeah. Now, Nevada, it's not great for dinosaur bones. Yeah, um, we haven't found a lot here. We do have a confirmed non-bird dinosaur that was announced just last year. I was at the unveiling called Nevada oh, cool. Dromius. Nevada Dromius? Look yeah. at that, man. We got our own dino now? We do. Yes, we do. That's cool. That was named by uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Josh, Josh Bondi and Becky Hall, a yeah. couple working at the Nevada Science Center, which also opened last oh, year. Oh, cool. So, yeah, we'll Nevada... have to check that out. Nevada Science yeah, that guy right there. Yep, Nevada That's Dromius. our dinosaur? Yep, our first non-bird dinosaur ever yeah. discovered here. And there's Josh Bundy and Becky Hall with the fossils. We found other parts That's of dinosaur cool. bones out here over at Valley of Fire State Park, but I think this is the first one that was this, endemic and yeah, unique. Yeah, definitely confirmed. So yeah, the name so that means, thing would have been running around right here. Yeah. So like other, it belongs to a group called Hypsilophodonts, which are a group of beaked plant eaters that were bipedal, using the long tails for balance. So it would have just scamper along, eating low-growing vegetation, watching out for the sickle-clawed dromaeosaurs and large tyrannosaurs probably lived with wow so yeah, they, they mm-hmm. have found like small pieces of tyrannosaurid bone here too as well yeah but nothing oh. on like a major nothing like you know a full but there might have been a t-rex thing. here too 
He wrecks like dinosaurs, I think. Okay. Maybe like maybe a, a different type of Tyrannosaur yeah. that's yeah. closely related to Tyrannosaurus. Oh. Yeah. But Tyrannosaurus fossils are known from Montana, Utah, and Wyoming, and Texas. Oh, cool. Do you think they should work that into one of the slot machines? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'd probably know, just like, have like its yeah, own like dinosaurs have like the bison slot machine and stuff. I feel like yeah. we should have that little well, guy. We have a lot of here though. Are these ichthyosaurs too? The state fossil of Nevada is called Shoniosaurus. Yeah. Oh, and up there's a place called Berlin yeah. Ichthyosaurus State Park in Nevada. That is just a giant death assemblage of these huge like school bus size swimming reptiles. Yeah. Whoa. Ichthyosaurs. Oh, because are... there was water in some yeah. of these areas. Oh, so yeah. Ich- Ichthyosaur. Oh, it's yeah, a- these things were big. Yeah, these ichthyosaurs were wow, one of the largest is, yeah. reptiles. The second ever. largest Crazy ichthyosaur looking. to ever live. Yeah, ichthyosaurs are a group of marine reptiles that kind of look like dolphins. The, yeah, this just shows how different the world was back then. Because yes. I'm like, what's the middle of the desert? How would that thing be a fossil? And that yeah. picture on the right there is that I think a mural that they have over at the Berlin Ichthyosaur State Park. Could it eat the mosasaur? Well, it didn't live with the Mosasaurus. It didn't live with the Mosasaurus. This was in the late Triassic period before Mosasaurus even evolved. But Ichthyosaurus ate fish and squid because they got those smooth cone-shaped teeth for eating marine animals, just small ones, not large ones. So, But Ichthyosaurus had to watch out for plesiosaurs. I couldn't believe when I found out that one water dinosaur was like eating the rocks, just like swam around with rocks. Oh, yeah. That was a a plesiosaur. It's not a dinosaur. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was called Moranosaurus. So they swallowed gastrolites to help grind up the food in their stomachs. Okay, Carnotaurus, Allosaurus fight. What do you, tell me about the Carnotaurus and the Allosaurus. Well, Carnotaurus is an abelosaurid dinosaur. Abelosaurid dinosaurs are a group of theropods that have shorter skulls than other groups. They have smaller teeth, stocky necks, and stubby little forelimbs with four fingers on them, even shorter than Tyrannosaurs. I know we see that Tyrannosaurs had short forelimbs, but Abelosaurid theropods had even smaller ones. Like, Carnotaurus' arms are smaller than a kitchen spatula, and they pretty much were not used for anything. They couldn't help them hunt. Yeah, look at those. It almost looked looking. Yeah, Yeah, they couldn't use them to help them (laughs) hunt. They couldn't use to clap. So... They probably were used as visual displays. Yeah. Yeah. So when a female Carnotaurus comes up, then it it would just raise up and then just do, yeah, (laughs) and just do a little courtship dance like like... what modern birds do. (laughs) I feel like in the movie, they made their arms a little bit longer. They're like, if we keep these the actual size, it looks too ridiculous. Yeah. And the horns were pretty much used for intimidation, display, and maybe for headbutting rituals too. Can you do the Dominion trailer, and we'll just look at that scene really quick? So did you? So obviously you're an Allosaurus fan. So yeah, we saw a fight in the movie between the Carnotaurus and the Allosaurus. Who do you think? It didn't really clearly end, but who do you think yeah. ends up winning that? Well, if a Carnotaurus fought an Allosaurus. Let's see. None of them have a really strong bite. They can't bite through flesh, but none of them can bite through bone. And Allosaurus does have good gripping yeah, arms and claws video. on there. So, yeah, if Allosaurus... Yeah, Allosaurus is also one, kind of yeah. faster, too, since it's more nimble than the Abelosaurus. If an Allosaurus was fighting a Carnotaurus, maybe Allosaurus could win because it's faster and it could use its arms for gripping, while Carnotaurus only has its small skull and jaw. Oh, Pachycephalosaurus? Yeah, Pachycephalosaurus and Stiggy Moloch. Um, those are both those really big domed head dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. so and cool looking. Yeah. They're like one of my favorite looking dinosaurs. But why Why do they have two names, I guess, to start with? So there's a chance that Stiggy Moloch is actually just the juvenile form of the adult form, which is oh, the Pachycephalosaurus. We're talking about. Yeah. 
Gotcha, mm-hmm. the dome head. And we think that dome head was for butting their enemies, or? Um, yeah, we have proposed that maybe they did head butting contests like bighorn sheep, but a lot of scientists have been arguing with this topic. They don't think that their heads and their necks were reinforced to withstand the pressure for butting heads. So sometimes some scientists speculate that maybe they just head butted their flanks, like mm. their sides. So they, they would just head butt their sides and stuff. But some scientists have done finite element analysis, which is the study of stresses like when engineers are building bridges to understand the stress points oh interesting they can maybe determine how they were yeah Yeah, what what was going on so they did that on some evolution would have reinforced whatever was working yeah Yeah. so they did that with some specimens and they found out that maybe their heads and necks were strong enough to withstand all that pressure when they're butting heads so this is still a debatable issue but some scientists do agree with the head butting strategy if you look at modern animals like bighorn sheep they actually have a little bit of more reinforcement and buttressing in the lower neck area to yeah. withstand that impact when they hit each other. Wow. Yeah. Really cool things about oh, yeah. Stiggy Moloch here is it has that really interesting ornamentation. Mm-hmm. So obviously if you're headbutting, just display off as for like intersex like yeah. domination. Oh, okay. It was pretty much other. also for display and yeah. intimidation as well. Okay. I could see that. What about the cynoceratops? Why would evolution have made a triceratops and a cynoceratops? Like, because it's only got one thing, right? Well, yeah, cynoceratops yeah. has one large nose horn and that crown-like projection. Like, are no they related somehow on different continents, or how? They they what's are going on with they that? are a separate type of ceratopsian. Yeah. Triceratops is a chasmosorny ceratopsian, which are a group of ceratopsians with large brow horns, longer neck frills, and shorter nose horns. The cynoceratops is a centrosorny, which don't have brow horns at all. Some have little ones, but they have much shorter frills and larger nose horns. And mm. they lived on different continents. Like Triceratops lived in North America. Cynoceratops lived in China. What's interesting is that Cynoceratops was the first large ceratopsian to be discovered in China while all of its other large relatives were living in North America. Oh. It shows you that Ceratopsians were also getting big in China too during the late Cretaceous period. Wow. And then Cliosaurus, was, would they have lived in the same climates? Ankylosaurus, it did live with Triceratops in the Hell Creek Formation during the end of the Late Cretaceous period. So yes, it did. What differentiated the food source, or like how come they didn't compete each other out of existence? Probably because they have different types of teeth for eating different types of low-growing vegetation. So since they had different types of teeth, they ate different types of plants without having. So they didn't end up fighting over everything. So yeah, Ankylosaurus was just minding its everyday business, while Triceratops and all of its others were just eating other types of plant eaters as well. But the same thing that they both did was trying to keep away from Tyrannosaurus Rex, which yeah, was yeah. the apex predator of Hell Creek. Gotcha. Yeah, similar to like the African savanna today where you have some that are low browsers, some that are eating more brushes and uh, things like that. So you have a good mixture and they all have their different niches in the environment there. Yeah, so the different types of foliage really helps determine the yeah. different types. And, and yeah, that's why some get so tall and so long. Some are going over higher brushes. Some can mm-hmm. even eat more like rough plants and everything as opposed yeah. to those which purely eat grasses. Oh yeah, that thing that's on your shirt. Like, oh, we got your dawn. Okay, yeah. so so the the scene when they go into the rocks and the caves and those things show up totally threw me off. So what is that? Because my, my girlfriend said, like, you all have dinosaur shirts. Yeah. And then you're like, no, he does not have a dinosaur so, shirt. And Metrodon is one of those synapses. Can you show it off for a second? Yeah, just the for camera. sure. These that, are these really cool sailbacked animals that they're not even sauropsids. They're clo- more closely related to mammals than they are to, like, other dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, they even live before the dinosaurs, too. 
um, the Paleozoic and all kind of went all extinct at the end, Permian extinction. They had these huge sails on their back and those really big jaws. And if you look at their legs, one of the most distinguished things about the, what, what separates them from the dinosaurs is their legs are splayed out to the side rather than under them. Yeah. If you look at the score, skull morphology too, it's a little different. That's kind of one of the big distinctions between synapses and sauropsids. They just have the one hole called a temporal fenestra okay. in the back, um, which is really good for muscle attachment there. So what were they, why are they so wide and low? Like what's their, and what's the sail all about? The sail, there's a lot of ideas of what that sail could be for. Yeah. I don't think they have definitive ideas. Um, could be that it would be good for temperature regulation. I know that's proposed a lot, but more likely I think it'd be more just display, you know, you look at these things and it's the bigger the sail, you're going to scare off other animals, but more likely also other other dimetrodons that are going after right. your mates and everything. Yeah, those things were pretty crazy. Like, I just remember they got in that scene and he just, like, puts the flame up to it. And it was like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is that thing? And why are they all just, I don't know, hanging out in the dark like that? You yeah. think that was accurate? I don't know that they're true dark animals. These spring things were probably living in... They found them. It's kind of more of this red bed over by kind of uh, rivers and areas yeah. like that. Um, they're part of this group of animals called polycosaurs that all have these sails. And there's a lot of variations. Some are only eight plants. Um, there's one called a daphosaurus that had that same size, but its skull didn't have any sharp teeth. It just had these like kind of little square pegs for eating plants. Oh. Did we see an iguanodon in the movie? No, we didn't. Like okay. we did see one in the prologue, as we saw, but in the movie, no, we didn't see an iguanodon. And is it true that that's the very first dinosaur that's ever been found? It's one of them. It's fo it's fossils yeah. were first found. Yeah, iguanodon teeth were first found in 1822 by a, ma a woman named Mary Ann, and she gave it to her husband Gideon Mantle. Since people didn't know what dinosaurs were, he couldn't work out what teeth those were. And he decided that they do look similar to an iguana, so he thought it was like an iguana-like, lizard-like animal. So he called it Iguanodon, meaning iguana tooth. And he pictured it as a tree-climbing iguana-like creature yeah. before he realized it was a dinosaur. Right. They had that one scene, Dregnatus. Yeah, Dregnatus like was in Big the river. Part. That was the very last dino. Yeah, it's it one just... of the Titanosaurian sauropods. And yeah, we haven't found a complete fossil skeleton material of it, but it was a large animal, like 85 feet long, like wow. other Titanosaurian sauropods. Yeah. Tell me about the um, like wh where you're working and what you guys have at the Natural History Museum. Yeah, so we're, I'm here with the Las Vegas Natural History Museum, and we're located just north of kind of downtown Fremont area, um, and we have all kinds of exhibits there. Dinosaurs are by far the most popular, but right. we have some great stuff on marine life. Uh, we have a lot of live animals, too. We do have live sharks, and we have shark feedings oh, there. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we got some... Madagascar. Isn't there, there, there used to be a giant shark too, right? There was. was. The, there were a megalodon. Oh, wow. I mean, that yeah. thing was probably hunting whales and all kinds of stuff. It was that big, yeah. huh? And at the museum, we actually have a jaw of a megalodon. And really? A jaw of a great white inside oh, of it. Oh, that's just cool. Just you get a sense of the scale between the two of them. Wow, look at how big that is. What are some of the other exhibits that you have at the museum? Um, so we actually just opened our temporary exhibit yesterday. Um, it's going to be about Leonardo da Vinci and his machines and robots. Oh, cool. So we have all examples of his simple machines he made and his robots and he, all the really creative stuff he made, even some like his war machines and stuff. Wow. Yeah. The, our Dilophosaur exhibit is incredible, though. It was just, it was pretty recently installed and it's probably one of the more and accurate that's a Yeah, I love that too. That's a popular dinosaur. I mean, that's yeah. one of the classics that made its return in the new movie. So it would be fun and to get go to see. see this guy and how different so he So this would be a great from... place to go see what the real Dilophosaurus versus the movie yeah. one was like and, and see if 
the sense for the size, the sense for like without the frills, what they look like. Yep. It's covered in that light downy feathers there, for usually more likely yeah. for warmth and everything. Yeah. Um, so many people have seen, even kids have seen Jurassic Park. And they're like, hey, you guys know the spitting dinosaur? This yeah. is what it really looks like. <laughs> oh, and you're like, no, it, it doesn't spit either, right? Yeah, there's okay. no proof of spitting. <laughs> so the frills, the yeah. spitting. It did have a pretty pronounced crest on its head. Um, paleontology, a discovery, and you know, places like this give us a chance to go and actually see what the discoveries you're making are. And just you could do all the work, we'll just bask in everything that you've discovered. And yeah, that's the great thing about the Natural History Museum. So, is your ringtone? Your ringtone's a Jurassic Park scream. Um, or yeah, is that your the, roar? yeah, it's the T-Rex roar from Jurassic Park. <laughs> we know dinosaurs didn't. We know dinosaurs didn't really roar. That roar is inaccurate, but it just yeah. sounds so cool. See, I'm gonna have to wrap it up. Yep. Sorry, I'm I'm very sorry. My, it's just that we we are scheduled to plan to see the Dominion movie. <gasps> of course, I'm oh, seeing. Go see <laughs> I'm I'm going to go see it again. But my brother, my other brother, and my yeah. parents have not seen it yet. So we were all going to see it. So he was just wondering okay. if I was done. Maybe no, cool. it's good. We need to get you to the new Jurassic yeah. World. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to go see it again. Second time. <laughs> yeah, but second time. That is the perfect reason to wrap this up. So thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you for of talking course. about the Dino Tracker and for giving us all of these updates on all of these new dinosaurs. Great movie. Very excited. Mm -hmm. And it was wonderful to have you. And oh, thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Thank, thank you for having here. us. Yeah. yeah.